Okay, this is our second episode on the Compassion Connection podcast. Here we are in Laurel's house, just in a Laurel's house in Ecuador. This is an opportunity that we will have to know uh, Laurel and to know what she's doing here, what are her passions. <laughs> so Lolo, that is how many people call her. Who are you? What do you do? And what is your favorite food? Wow, Gabby, those are three huge questions. <laughs> Who am I? My name is Laurel, but people here call me Lolo or Lolo, Lolita, Lolita or Lolito. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of different names from Gabby. I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a biblical counselor. Um, and now I'm a co-director of Compassion Connection Ecuador. Why did you decide to come here? Why did we decide to come to Ecuador? That's a really good question. I think the the main answer is, and the shortest answer is, um, that the Lord called us here. We really, truly believe that he called us here to come and serve and, uh, yeah, be missionaries here with Compassion Connection. Good. And I forgot to ask you, what's your favorite food? What is my favorite food? I really love sushi. And I really love a good salad. Um, you said that you're a biblical counselor. Mm -hmm. So when did you hear about biblical counseling for the first time? And can mm -hmm. you explain what it is? Yes, the first time I heard about biblical counseling was when we were living in Istanbul, Turkey. My husband and I were missionaries in Istanbul for 13 years. And it was when my husband was taking his seminary classes, and one of his classes was Introduction to Biblical Counseling. And it had such an effect on my husband's heart and mind that he said, Laurel, you have to come and listen to this class. You have to take this class with me. And so I did, and it, um, it really changed the way both of us interacted with Scripture and understood how Scripture applied to our life. And it changed our lives. It changed our marriage. It changed um, the way we parented our kids. And at that time, we were leading uh, a discipleship training program in Istanbul with students, and it, and it changed how we interacted with them and taught them um, about the Word of God. How was that, like, the first time that you went abroad to another country, mm -hmm. how that affected not only uh, your relationship with God, but also... Mm -hmm being away from home, away from what you knew, from your family and friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really hard. Um, it was a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. Our first year especially was very difficult. We moved to Istanbul, Turkey um, before there were smartphones or iPhones, so there was no mm. text messaging of our friends and family back in the States. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. So hard to it imagine. Was, it was so hard. It's so hard to imagine. And so that first year was really hard. You had to email back and forth and set up an appointment to Skype wow. somebody. And when and there was no video with Skype initially unless you had a camera to hook up to your computer. So it was just this really wow. different different setting. Um so it was really it was difficult because we missed friends and family. Our kids were little, they were two and three years mm. old when we moved. So I was I spent a lot of time in the home. Um, taking care of them mm -hmm. and I was very very lonely mm -hmm. and um, yeah it was it was everything was new the Middle East is so so different mm -hmm. from the United States it wasn't um, 
just that I was lonely. It's like the food was different. This We moved from a small town in Iowa to a city of 16 million. We lived on the wow. 10th floor of a high-rise. Um, there were no parks. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a very, very, very different lifestyle. How long were you a Christian then mm-hmm. uh, and then going to missions? How, how much time were you a Christian? Sure. So I was fortunate. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were faithful to take us to church. I was involved in Awana and youth group and summer camps. Wow. And so I grew up knowing the gospel and gave my life to the Lord at a very, very young age. Um, and when I was uh, 18 and 19 and moved away from home, um, I feel like that was another point in my life where my faith really began to be my own. I had to dig into the Word of God on my own and say, is this what I really believe? And I had some really hard times and crises I went through and um, just kept going back to the Word and going back to the Word and learned um, in various times in my life different degrees of how to trust the Lord and what it meant to trust Him and understand in His love and His sovereignty and His goodness and that suffering well, um, when we learn to suffer and suffer well, that it teaches us things about God and his love and his comfort. Mm-hmm. So you said that you have you were there for 14 years? 13, yeah. 13 years. That's a long time. It is a long time. Yeah, and then coming back to the States, how mm-hmm. was that, um, that change? Back to what you knew was... Uh, yeah was something that you grew up with and your Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. yeah some things were very easy and a lot of fun um like coffee shops uh being able to go to target um knowing how to solve problems without a language barrier like how to get a mortgage for a house or how to set up Mm -hmm. a bank account all those things just seemed so easy Um, But there was reverse culture shock. The world had changed a lot. The U.S. had changed a lot in 13 years. And um, we came back to an America that was much more fast-paced, where people seemed to be very impatient, had little time for one another. Um, And it could have just been my perception, but it seemed that um, curating a visual lifestyle was very important to people. um, I I wasn't even on Instagram. Mm -hmm. but learning what that was and learning how to pose for selfies with people and what is this? Why are we documenting every every moment of our <laughs> lives? This was new and unusual for us. And just realizing that people had like schedules they wanted to keep. So you'd go out for coffee and they would literally say, I have 30 minutes. They would come and then they would just leave. Even if you were in the middle of a conversation, which is very different from the context we were coming from where you never knew how long you were going to spend with somebody, but you were open to hours and sometimes even the full day, just to be with them and spend with them. And so that was hard. It was a huge, um, that was a huge shift for us. What about uh, the Christianity aspect of it? I know that you mm-hmm. have shared with us mm-hmm. that being in Turkey, it was really hard to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And in the States, it's like mm-hmm. us. It's very um, open to Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's very open mm-hmm. to preaching the gospel. And most of the people in the States, in South America, they will say, yeah, I'm a Christian without mm-hmm. any danger. Going to Turkey, um, we had to be very careful who it was okay for us to be a Christian, but we couldn't share about Jesus openly. 
with anybody without them first asking. And when they asked, we just had to be careful and try and understand maybe why they were asking and if they were sincere. So it's actually illegal to be a missionary in Turkey and everybody had to be a reason, had to have a reason to be there. Um, we called those a platform, a reason for being in the country. And ours was an art gallery. And so my husband and I are, we have fine art backgrounds. And so we would use art as a way to communicate visually some aspect of the gospel. And when people would come in our gallery and ask, we could then share with them. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a lot of persecution against uh, Turkish believers and international believers. Um, mm-hmm. There were several martyrdoms while we were there. You just had to be careful. Church was very different. Um, sometimes we could gather as a group, um, but if we did, worship was very, it was sometimes we had to whisper sing um, in our homes or in our small groups. You, you couldn't be, you just couldn't be open. And I remember, um, yeah, like, like even being nervous when we did gather, of always like looking at the door, not wanting, not quite wanting to sit mm. with my back fully to the door because you never knew. Um, if somebody was going to maybe come in and, and bother you or, um, yeah, it was just a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And you going know? back to the States. And going back to the States, it was like uh, a kid in a candy store. Um, it was great. It was great. It was one of our favorite things to step into um, a church and worship. And I remember the first time we went to the Vine Church, which it turned out to be mm-hmm. the church that we um, call our home church now. But we came in and we sat in the back row and I just wept the whole time because mm. it had been so long since I had sat in a room full of so many believers who could openly worship God loudly. Like they were singing, you know, at the top of their lungs and there was no no inhibition, no hindrance, no nothing. And mm. it was just like, wow, this is incredible. But it also almost gave me a panic attack <laughs> at, the same, <laughs> at the same time thinking, is this okay? Is this okay? Um, yeah, but it was really, it was really It was really fun to come back and just be like, there is rich teaching. If you want to know God, if you want to learn about God, there are resources Mm. like crazy in every town in America. Mm -hmm. It opens my perspective, Mm -hmm. and I bet for many people too, like we take so many things for granted. Like going to church, being able to worship with other believers, and just forgetting that in other Mm -hmm. places it is hard. Mm -hmm. People have to go to secret places, Mm -hmm. have to get hid Mm -hmm. in order to worship the same mm-hmm. God that we do. Yeah. How about coming here to Ecuador? Yeah. So coming here, I think uh, we we have just really felt it's it's an easier context to be in than the Middle East for an American, for us, maybe not for another American, but for my husband and I. Over and over, we just say, "Wow, this is it is so much easier to be here," and we kind of look back on the years we had in Istanbul as really good training for us to come here, and we feel like we have so much appreciation for the welcoming nature of Ecuador, that Christianity is not a foreign concept to them, that uh, when we went to apply for our visa to get here, the man who gave us our visa looked at us and said, thank you for coming. (laughs) Wow. And he said, we're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. And, you know, I hope you do a good work. And that was just really different than any experience we had in the Middle East. So we've really enjoyed that aspect. Like we feel warm, warmly welcomed here by people. We feel embraced. 
we need is still missionaries mm -hmm. that preach the word of God, mm -hmm. that teach a good doctrine. And I am thankful too that you are a biblical counselor, mm -hmm. that something that we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And this brings a lot of knowledge and a lot of, a lot of practical resources mm -hmm. and a way of walking with people. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are our perceptions or expectations mm -hmm. about biblical counseling that sometimes drag all those expectations from other kind of counselings? Sure, yes. The one I hear the most often is that biblical counseling is just um, like we just give you a verse that applies and send you on your way. And so it, it comes across as very harsh, very cold, very almost judgmental. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. And the other could be that, um, and I want to say this very carefully, that as biblical mm -hmm. counselors, we don't look to anything other than the Word of God. And I would say that um, while we believe in the sufficiency of God's Word, that there is wisdom in reading what other people have written in their observation of 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 human of humanity, mm -hmm. right? We read other other Christian authors like uh, Heath Lambert or David Paulison, or Ed Welch, right? And so that is like looking to other people who've made it their lifelong study to understand the human heart and its condition. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it can be helpful to sometimes read what secular um, psychologists and psychiatrists have also learned. They've spent a lot of time observing patterns about human behavior and. While I, I disagree with, um, most of the time disagree with what they say are the solutions to help these people or mm -hmm. what's behind it, the heart behind it, um, they, have, they have some valuable data that we can sometimes sift through. And you know, you measure it always against the Word of God. Mm. But it would be silly to not look and see what other people have already um, studied and learned. Why do you think... Uh, it is important to also understand like the the importance and the utility of biblical counseling. Sure. So biblical counseling helps people walk through areas where they where they have sinned or been sinned against, um, areas uh, and areas of suffering as they walk through suffering. Um, And so we all experience that, and we all give counsel. So there's not one one person, one Christian, who's never struggled under the weight of sin or walked through some form of suffering. And so it's what do we do when we're struggling, and who do we go to? And we're all called to give godly counsel, right? We all okay. give counsel. But sometimes it's like, what kind of counsel am I giving? And so the importance of biblical counseling is that we go and understand what God's word says about areas of sin and areas of suffering. Well, very good, Lola. We're in your house, as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. and you have your studio, and it has an amazing library. There are so many good books on every mm -hmm. topic, not only theology, but also counseling and biographies. Mm -hmm. Can you pick three books that you would say, with this, I want to take them to an island and read them. I really like David Pallison's book, Seeing with New Eyes. Um, I think that's a really good book on the basics of biblical counseling and the book of Ephesians together. So I think that's really, really a great book and a great tool for any, any believer, not just biblical counselors. And I really love John Piper's Desiring God. 
that's a book um, that really influenced me. In fact, John Piper's just a really good mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentors me through his books, not, not in person. <laughs> wow. Laurel <laughs> Knowles, John Piper. Yeah, and I have that book now. I, yeah. yeah, I borrow it from Yeah, you. and I think um, Paul Tripp wrote a book on suffering that um, I just think he just did a wonderful job of understanding it and, and uh, nuancing it out and um, helping us understand different aspects of suffering, but in the end how um, all of suffering, when we learn to suffer well, brings us into closer relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So right now, those, are, those would probably be my top three. Very good options. And if I had to pick a fourth, it would yeah, be yeah, yeah. Because He Loves Me by Elise Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I could keep going. Oh, the library over yeah, there. Yeah. The, how many books do you think you have? I don't know, but a lot of people helped me bring those down. So thank you to all of you who are listening <laughs> and brought suitcases full of books down for me. Yes, they are very... I love that. My final question to you would be, what do you expect for the future here? What do I expect? Yes. What What are the things that you pray not only in your ministry but in your life? And mm-hmm. yes, in the in the call that God has given you to mm-hmm. this country. Practically speaking, I expect to learn Spanish. Yes. That, that's that's one, and two, um, yeah, spiritually, um, I hope and I anticipate for a. Uh, a growing closeness in my walk with the Lord. Um, I hope I continue to grow. I hope I continue to learn, um, learn what his word has to say and how it impacts my life and be a faithful minister of the word of God to the women here in Ecuador. As I grow as a teacher, as I grow as a leader here in the trainings and in the churches here, I, I hope and anticipate that the Lord will allow me to see firsthand the way um, his spirit and his word can intersect the lives of women and change their hearts. And I hope to grow in deep and profound friendship with you, Gabby. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> let's just talk about food and your soups and let's see. If, and also if you give me your puppy. I think that if, I is, give if you give me your puppy and you give me food, that will be major factors that our friendship will grow. Yes. I also hope and anticipate that Rosie will grow into a fierce guard dog. <laughs> yes. Instead of just licking everyone. <laughs> She's the best. I love her very much. Okay, thank you so much for listening to this second episode. If you want to know more about us, you can go to our web page is ecuadorcc.com. You can go to our Instagram, that is Compassion Connection, and our Facebook page, uh, Compassion Connection in English and Compassion Connection Español for um, our Spanish listeners. Thank you so much, Lolo.